For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. Thursday edition of New York, New York with yours truly. DJ Josh Stremsky right here on the Ringer Podcast Network and in a particularly good mood starting off this Thursday. Yes, I have a ton of college basketball to watch later today. Shameless plug. If you want picks, download Ringer Gambling. I got you covered every which way with Mike Carver and Arthur Caesar. Can't wait for those games. But why am I particularly getting Two reasons. Number one, I now don't have to worry about Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, any of the other unvaccinated New York Yankees. Mets fans, you're in the same boat. And Brooklyn Nets fans, you're also in the same boat. Your guys can actually play full tilt. Home games, road games, no issues, no problems. And hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to minimize the vaccine anyway. I got it. I'm shot up every which way. But the idea of having Kyrie Irving at Barclays Center, eating popcorn, taking pictures, unvaccinated, with no mask on, Kyrie can sit there, go in the locker room, hang with his teammates, but can't play? Nonsensical. 
unvaccinated role players could play in New York, but but the home guys can't. The rules made absolutely no sense. Thankfully, common sense prevails, whether that's Eric Adams, whether that's Randy Levine, whether that's Stevie Cohen. I don't know who you want to thank, but now it's no longer an issue. What does that mean? Well, from a net standpoint, it means, hey, let's go win a title. They had no chance of doing so if Kyrie Irving was not going to play at home game. Now, Sunday, you'll see Kyrie on the court. Great. The way it should have been. Odds are with Kyrie will probably be something else anyway. I got no worries now. April 7th, Yankees, Red Sox. And I am going to be like shot out of a cannon because I have a great bachelor party next week for Final Four weekend. The show will go on. We'll have some pods Thursday, Sunday, and all sorts of stuff while I'm out in Vegas. But I'll be out in Vegas. I'll, I'll be fired up, we'll golf, we'll craps, the whole deal. And then I get back after the national championship game, and then boom, opening day is two days away. I could not have drawn it up any better. Sometimes the world aligns perfectly. But I would have been in a pissy mood if I knew I was going to Yankee Stadium that Thursday and Aaron Judge wasn't going to be in the lineup. Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. What we are going to worry about in a little bit is Sal Licata, my buddy from SNY, who I now spend way too much time with. He's a big Met guy. I'm the Yankee guy. We put together a top 10 New York baseball list for the 2022 season. I think some of the names may surprise you. I may have had a little brain fart. You'll find out in a little bit. I'm looking forward to this list. And you guys will be able to, on the voicemail line, weigh in, give your opinions, give your takes, what we got right, what we got wrong, what we should have done differently. Top 10 New York baseball players for the 2022 season. You'll hear that in a matter of moments. But there is another reason. I am in a particularly good mood 24 hours after the fact that Tyree Kill said, Sorry, Stefan. Sorry, Joe Beningo. Sorry, Mike Flegelman. I am taking my talents to South Beach. Who could blame him? Who could blame him? No state tax. Better weather. Better team. Let me talk you through yesterday. So I'm still fostering our two little guys who are terrific. I mean, I'm waiting for them to get adopted, but they are terrific. So I got up in the morning. You know, I took care of them. They eat, they do what they need to do, and I'm shocked, totally shocked. So I'm on a couch, I'm laying with the two of them, passed out. Phone charging. Forgot to charge it the night before. I wake up, I go to bed, well, I go for a nap at like 9 o'clock. Took a lengthy nap. It was like quarter to 12. So I wake up, like checking my face, I brush my teeth, whatever. I didn't check my phone. My phone is like the, the, the Death Star in a new hole, blowing up left and right. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So I can't scroll back through all the texts. The first one I see is from a Dolphin fan. We got them. I'm like, got who? They just signed Armstead the other day. Who? And then I find out that Tyreek Hill was on the block. Nobody knew about it. 24 hours later, it comes down to the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, and Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin. I'm thrilled about it. But from a Jets standpoint, this is where anybody who is going to get on the Jets is totally wrong. This has nothing to do with the Jets and Joe Douglas and the offer that was presented to Kansas City. The Chiefs basically said to Tyreek Hill, dude, where you want to go? 
we're not paying you. The Adams contract threw a ton of things out of whack. We can't do it. We're going to do right by you. We're going to trade you to where you want to be. Tyreek Hill said, I'm a Florida boy. Send me to South Florida. How do you kill Joe Douglas for that? You can't. The player had say. The team honored that say. And the Miami Dolphins got the most dynamic, speedy wide receiver in the NFL. And now I'd argue they have the fastest duo of wide receivers in the league with Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, listen, I am giddy. The, the idea of having all that speed and Mike McDaniel make or break for my dude Tua. Listen, I know I'm probably the last guy dying on that hill, and I will die on that hill going into this year, but I own it. If he stinks this year, Dolphins need a new quarterback, and I'll have two first-round picks next year to go and get him. Don't suck. That's my advice to Tua. But from a Jets standpoint, I appreciate they tried. It would have been a game-changer for Zach Wilson. There's no question about that. The player ended up wanting to be in a different situation. Nothing he can do. There were advantages that Miami had built in that the Jets, unfortunately, could not compete with. But the reality is now for the Jets, the AFC and the AFC East got a heck of a lot tougher. Buffalo is still the clear-cut team to beat. I'd argue Buffalo is the team to beat in the AFC, period. Miami won nine games. They are significantly better. And New England's New England. Jets haven't beaten the Patriots, I think, in about seven years. Six years. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. That's how long it's been. The last time was Ryan Fitzpatrick to Eric Decker in overtime. That's the last time the Jets beat the Pats. So let that sink in for a minute. Why do I bring all of this up? That's the uphill battle. That's the uphill climb the Jets are going to have going into this year. They're significantly better. They've had a good offseason. They have two top 10 picks where they could go and add Thibodeau. They could add another lineman. They could go and get sauced, and they might need a corner now. You know, you got to wonder. Stephon Diggs twice, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill twice. There's a sense of urgency for having a corner, but it may not matter what corner you get with those guys. Maybe just go and get after the quarterback. That's your best hope for trying to slow down an offense like that. But these are variables now in play for the Jets, and they could be better, and the road in the AFC and the road specifically in this division not going to be a walk in the park. So if I'm a Jeff fan, I'm not particularly thrilled hearing that I'm a finalist for Tyreek Hill and that I don't get him and he ends up in my division. So I love you, Jeff fans. You know I love you deep down. You're my people. But in this one, I'm glad you lost. Yeah. I'm going to be a bad sport about it. So tough shit. Enjoy Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle next year. Listen, I already got everyone saying, oh, what quarterback's getting him the ball? You give me protection. I'd get those guys the ball and throw 30 touchdowns with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And Gesicki, might I add. You gave me time, my noodle arm would get the ball down the field. I may not survive a hit, but that's a story for a different day. All right, when we come back, Salicata, my buddy, my pal, we're going to go through the top 10 New York baseball players for 2022. And remember, on Sunday and come next week, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Get at me on the voicemail line. But our top 10 New York baseball players, 2022. It's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. 
Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So I thought of this crazy idea as we're getting ready for the start of the baseball season. You know, I love top 10 lists. So I figured, all right, going into 2022, let's put together a top 10 New York baseball player list. And who better to join me than a guy that now, unfortunately, has to see my face way too <laughs> often at SOI. From not seeing me for two years, now he's got to see me five days a week. Salakata of SMY and WFAN. I'm sorry, bro. I apologize. I forgot how loud you were in person. Sorry. I used to be the loud guy. And then we start working together. And you're right. It's been a while since the pandemic. We don't work together in studio. And now you and I are partners basically Monday through Friday over at SNY. So, yes, it has been nice to see you. But, yes, I forgot the decibel goes way up when you're in-house. Yes, I think the two of us, it can end up being problematic. So <laughs> That's a good for, our, point. for our poor anchors over at SNY, my apologies. <laughs> but um, on a much more serious note, Sal, I feel like with the state of New York sports being as shitty and being as miserable as it is, I feel like there are a lot of good vibes going into the baseball season, maybe more so from a Mets perspective than a Yankee perspective, but at least you know with the Yankees, you're not rolling out a 75-win team. Like, the expectation is the Yankees, despite their flaws and their lousy offseason, they're still a team that should win 90 games. From our standpoint, Kind of nice to have two teams that are going in a year with some serious expectations. Yeah, and no matter what, I like the Yankees, you're right, because they're held to a higher standard, and it doesn't feel like they went over the top to go build that championship team. But even in a bad year, last year, by all accounts, was a bad year, they won 92 games. The Mets, everything goes right, and they're lucky if they're 500. But this year, with the Mets adding all the guys that they did, Scherzer in particular, you look at the top of their rotation, no question there's excitement and expectation that both these teams, at bare minimum, should be postseason teams. Well, we better be talking about the playoffs. And from your sake and your standpoint, who is scaring you more getting ready for the start of the year? The Dodgers, who had Freddie Freeman and have been a force in the NL basically for a decade? Or is it the team the Mets can never beat within the division? Braves, Dodgers. Who's keeping Salakata up at night more? I'm probably going Atlanta. And look, I think the Dodgers are a better team, but the Braves are the team that need to be beat. You have to get out of your own division first if you want to start talking about World Series. And I think that that's where the Mets' expectation is going to be. Can they be a team not just to get to the postseason? They are built to go try to win a World Series. You got to go through Atlanta. They are the reigning division champs, obviously world champs last year. So that's the team first. Before I start focusing on where anybody is with the Dodgers in the West or the Central or the American League, it's in their own division. And I'll throw the Phillies in there, too, to a less, a lot less. They're going to score runs. Yeah. I think they're a playoff team, but you're going to see with the Phillies, they're running a couple of butchers out there in the field. Like they're gonna, <laughs> right. I, I mean, the idea that they got Castellanos and they got Schwaber and Didi's defense is not what it was, but they're going to score like, they're going to have games in Citizens Bank where they score like 15, 20 runs. They're like, oh. I, and I only mention them because they can be a pain in the neck. And because since Girardi got there, I thought the Phillies, you know, I picked them to win the division back in 2020. And that's where I was really disappointed. Short in year. They were horrible. And for no good reason, their bullpen couldn't get a freaking out. So the Phillies, I do think, will be a little bit better. Now, do I think they're as good as the Mets? No, I think the Mets top pitching there should be the best part of that division as a whole. But with Atlanta in particular, that's, that is the team they have to prove that they can beat in the regular season and be better than throughout the course of the regular season. Then I'd start worrying about the Dodgers or anybody from the Central. Would you say this is the most stoked for a Mets season you've been since 
the Reyes right years? Is that great, fair? Great question. Because even in 2015, nobody, I never thought they would go. And I was excited about Harvey and having him coming back, but I never thought that that was a World Series Because the team. rest of the team, like you looked at the lineup, it was like Cespedes, old man David Wright, Grandison, and like a bunch of like spare parts. Like Murphy was gone the following year. Like it was not a great lineup. Right. I remember, you know, 2015 BC, before Cespedes, they couldn't score. I mean, they were bad. Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe came over in a trade, and that was a huge deal. Then they bring Conforto up after they get Cespedes. And then they or, or before, I think they brought Conforto up. Then they get Cespedes, but they start to take off. But even that team, I didn't believe in going into the I thought they'd be okay compared to the years where they were rebuilding and just not trying from 2000, basically 10 on. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that this is probably the most excited I am or the highest expectations that I have for a Met team probably since 2006, let's say. Um, I can guarantee you this, as we put together our top 10 list, and I basically tried to do it. I don't know if you thought of it the same way. Basically, the 10 best New York baseball players going into the year. That's why I looked at the Yankees. I looked at the Mets, and I said, all right, top 10. I could say without hesitation, Edwin Diaz will not be on (laughs) Sal list. By the way, did you notice? So we did a video on SNY on Baseball Night New York about Diaz. Can you believe some of the apologists that are out there for this guy? Oh, like, then my you God. To, you have Met fans who are like, yeah, this guy is, is a joke and in big spots, I don't trust him. And then you got other Met fans trying to defend him. I'm like, guys, are you watching these games? And they are watching the games. They're just trying to defend the guy that they know is going to be their closer. I, look, nobody despises Diaz more than I do. And there's a reason for it. He was horrible in 2019. I would argue the worst season based on expectation and result, the worst season that a Met reliever has ever had. I can't stand Diaz because of that, the implosions in 2019. And then in 2020, fans want to make it like, oh, he was better. Look at the numbers. No. Because in big games, he melted. Anytime you had a big game, that Yank, the game I think of, remember that Yankee game? Of course, I do. Or the Pirate game last year. It's like, no, I don't trust this guy. Sorry. I think even in 2020, I forget the exact numbers now, but I looked it up so many times. He he blew, you know, six of 10 save opportunities, four of 10, something like that. So it's still, even though the numbers were technically better. And then last year, okay, he was better last year, but still in tie games. There's issues. He comes in and and blows games. He's walking people. He's all over the freaking place. Now, I don't think he's going to be the main problem this year. But when you talk about raising the expectation to a team that could be contending for, at the very least, a playoff spot, but maybe a World Series, you better make sure that that issue is cleaned up in the back end of the bullpen. And I don't trust Edwin Diaz. So he's got a long way to go before I trust him. And I think the Mets, too, where they could go out there and add a reliever if they see something going on where they say, hey, we can't win a World Series with this guy. Because you can't get to the postseason with those starters and an improved lineup and have him cost you your playoffs. So it's funny we're on a subject of relievers. So as we start off this top 10 list, I'm going to go with a reliever at number 10. Wow. And I don't think I don't think it's going to be the name that you think. It's not Aroldis Chapman. I'm giving it to Jonathan Lawazaga. He was a beast for the Yankees last year. He can give you multiple innings. And I'm trying to think of a guy, Sal, that can ascend. I My fear with Chapman is he has peaked, that you were about to hit the downturn of Aroldis Chapman. The velocity is not the same. I wanted to show up for a reliever. Maybe I'm getting a little too cute here. Like, I was thinking about the list. I was like, all right, I want to give one that I know is going to be off the beaten path and is a little different. Jonathan Loisaga at 10. I guarantee you he's not on your list. 
I think if we do this list next year, he might be on my top 10. And I, like you, tried to get a reliever in there. I couldn't. It would have been Chapman or Loisaga. The reason why it's not Chapman is because of what you just said. I think he's on the wrong side of it. And I don't think Loisaga has proved enough to me to be able to be in there. And I'm now I'm curious because I'm looking at this list saying, oh, man, all right, it's pretty, it was pretty cut the and dry The top is me. pretty cut and dry, but the order is interesting. That's the thing. Like, right. I think our top four are going to be the same. I'm just curious to see where we have the top four. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. We'll find yeah. out. Yeah. Now, what do you want? You want my 10th here? Yeah, let's go 10. And then I'll, I'll let you go nine. Then I'll, I'll piggyback. I'll probably put Starling Marte 10 for me. He's a big acquisition for the Mets. You know, he's been a, a proven ball player. I hate the idea that they're going to have him play in right field. They brought him here to be a center fielder, and now he's going to play right field and have Brandon Nemo in center field. That drives me nuts. Obviously, health concerns going into the year. But just looking at overall ball players, not really projecting too much, a little bit of balance, projecting and then going back based on the career and just taking in summation here, in summary, the best 10 ball players in New York. I think Starling Marte is one of them. I'd have him at number 10 on my list. Okay, I have Starling Marte on the list, but I do not have him at number nine. Who do I have at number nine? Anthony Rizzo. And I have Anthony Rizzo there because he's a gamer. His defense is exemplary. His on-base, his grit. Sal, you saw it. And listen, last year the Yankees looked like a dead team in the middle of July. They bring in Rizzo. Forget about Gallo. They bring in Rizzo. It changed the feel of their team. Now, Yankee fans wanted Freeman. He's a better player. They were hoping Olsen was going to be their next Mattingly, and he's young, and he's in the prime years of his career. But I think people are losing sight of how good a player and what big a factor Rizzo is to a clubhouse and to a team. I'm thrilled he's back. I wanted him on this list. I'm putting Rizzo at nine. He was... Probably my first guy out, Rizzo. Honorable mention, okay. I, I'm I'm surprised here. So we are going to have a, I mean, not a significantly different. Top I like 10, that but, we. I like this stuff. Yeah. This is good. See, I know right. that's why we don't we don't have conversations beforehand. We just unveil. You know, I'm going to go Glaber number nine. I, I think he's going to. I mean, look, he could be higher. You could argue, but based off the last couple of years, you know, and some of the you know the thought process where I mean, even that he comes up in trade rumors to me is absurd. But some Yankee fans want that to happen. I guess it's not an unrealistic thing. I think Glaber's going to be a stud this year. Uh, you know, he homered the other night in spring training, which is nice to see at least him having some confidence there. Maybe early on, back at second base full time. I think next year again, wh- whether Lawazic could be on the list or not, who knows? But next year, if we're doing this list, maybe Glaber Torres is top three, certainly top five. He's got to make the list for me. Uh, it was tough to find to leave a couple of guys off. Rizzo was one of them, but Glaber's on there. He's my number nine. I left Glaber Torres off the list. Yeah, well, you had to if you're putting. And you know what it is, Sal? There. I think it's my bad feelings towards him over the last two years because I was the same idiot going on television and going on radio at the time in 2019, proclaiming that Glaber Torres was the best player on the Yankees, better right. than Aaron Judge. I was like, yeah, this is the best player on the team, the most complete player on the team, and. I hope maybe this is like some voodoo that will like <laughs> fire up Glaber to hit 30 home runs and be the guy he was a few seasons ago. He better be on this list next year. Because, Sal, if he's not on this list next year, he should be off the Yankees. Let's be honest. If he is not one of the premier top 10 New York baseball players with his talent, then you know what? Get me a new second baseman. Get DJ LeMay yeah, over there. For he's their X Factor. I don't think there's any question about it because there's such a difference from 2018, 2019 
to what happened in 2020 and 21. He's got to be that all-star player for them to really get to the next level. I think he will. I could not leave him off the list, even for, and I like Rizzo, but I couldn't do that for a guy like Anthony Rizzo. All right, so at eight, I went with Starling Marte. And I'm right there with you. I don't like the idea of him playing a corner spot in the outfield. And I know Nimmo was fine in center field. He was adequate in center field. What is the logic there? Starling Marte is a better defensive player. And look at the impact he had on the Oakland A's last year. That's what I'd be dreaming of from a Mets standpoint. The only thing you worry about with Marte is injuries, and we're dealing with one right now right out of the gate in spring training. I think if he plays, Sal, that is going to provide the sort of dynamic speed and, you know, excitement factor at the top of the lineup that both of these teams are lacking. Because, like, a lot of the New York baseball hitter over the last few years, it's been very station to station. We're not talking about that element of speed that you bring to the table. Marte has it. I love the signing for the Mets. I'm putting him at eight. Yeah, I hate the idea that they have him in right field, but whatever. I think that there's analytics that say that the balls that he got to, I don't even know what the hell they are. OAA. Go yeah, along trying to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, right. So Nimmo was a, a, a better, um, you know, better statistically than Marte. The whole point of, to me was getting Marte was to have a real center fielder for a change. So I don't know what the Mets are doing there, but I do like him as a player. Now, this is where it gets tough for me to start to put these guys in order, these, these top eight. Uh, I am going to go... Giancarlo Stanton here. Whoa! Yeah, and Whoa, I. Now, now that's I, a that is a surprise. Now I that is a surprise. Yeah, it's tough, and you'll see him and and seven. I guess you could have flipped either way, but Stanton's got to be on the list. I don't love Stanton as a ball player. You know, I think there are limitations there for him and the Yankees to be ultimately successful this year. He's got to play the outfield. I mean, their best lineup is going to be Stanton in left. Hicks in center, Judge in right. Dowell on the bench. We yeah, both right. take Dowell. What right. a stiff. What what a there's got playing on this team. People calling their is oh, oh is uh LeMay gonna miss it? That's no LeMay who's not gonna miss it. Bats Gallo's gonna be the one out. Gallo's not getting in there. So against a tough lefty or against a tough righty, obviously, maybe you want Gallo in there. He's not gonna be playing every day. So for me, Stan's gotta be in the outfield. You don't want him clogging up that DH spot. I know he's a game-changing bat. He's been clutch in the postseason at times. I still don't trust it with John Carl Stanton. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but the the rest of the list gets pretty difficult where you're talking about the top five through six, maybe seven here. I could have had Stanton seventh. Eh, I'll leave him eighth because the swing and misses sometimes. It looks like he belongs in the minors with that. But he was red hot last year and stays healthy. He can move up. I have Stanton at number eight. All right, so we're going to really disagree on Stanton. We'll save that for a little bit. Number seven, I have Josh Donaldson, who the Yankees just brought in from the Minnesota Twins. And the question with Josh Donaldson is front and center with age. That's my number one question. But, like, that it factor for a team that, to me, has been soft over the last two years, that has gotten punked by the Red Sox, that has gotten punked by the Rays, and even the Blue Jays to some degree, they need a badass or two in there. And I think that's what Brian Cashman was thinking, Sal, in bringing Donaldson to the fold. If he is on the field, which is obviously an if, He's going to play, and he's going to play at a high level. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. Like, the way he grinds out at bats, the way he hits home runs, I think he is the sort of guy that others should feed off of within the Yankee clubhouse. He's going to have an impact on this team. Seven, yeah, I, I think, is a fair ranking. I'm putting Donaldson at seven. I could not get Donaldson on there. I had Donald no Donaldson. So we got it. Already we got two. Three. Different three. Because Whoa. you have, we have. Uh, you don't have Rizzo? Right. Mm, okay. Rizzo, 
now Rizzo and Donaldson, those were two that I initially had, and then I I couldn't put them on the you list. Scratched I them mean, off, okay. I needed to get Glaber on there. I'm gonna go number seven. I will go Pete Alonzo. So Got for Alonzo me, Alonzo I thought okay. Well, for for me, it could have been Alonzo eight and flip him with Stanton, but I think Alonzo, you know, Alonzo's been fine, but I don't think he's been as dominant as the others. And I think I'm being good with him or being nice to him, uh, put him in front of Stanton. And you can make an easy argument that Stanton should be way ahead of him. So I, I like Alonzo, though. I think he's consistent. I, I want to see the power numbers increase this year from where it was last year. He could be frustrating, though, as a player at times where he's very streaky, like a lot of home run hitters are. I think he's good. I don't think he's there yet on that top perennial all-star type level to put him in the top five where the Mets probably need him to be. So he's got to be on this list. I don't think there's any doubt that he's one of the best 10 players in New York and will be. Again, maybe next year there's a spot where you hope to have Alonzo top five, but I put him a little lower on the list this year. I have Alonzo at number seven. Okay, so I'm going to have Alonzo ahead of the next Met that I put on the list. And listen, this guy has got to be a top three guy when it's all said and done, but I'm not going to reward him with that spot after the year he just had. I'm putting Lindor at six. Now, I understand Lindor has been a star player for years, but Lindor last year's out was so bad for four or five months, I can't put him ahead of certain guys. I just can't do it. I expect him to be much better. I think Buck Showalter is going to have an enormous impact on him. But if I look at Alonzo and what he's done in a Met uniform compared to Lindor last year, I'm going Lindor six here. Maybe I have him too low on your list, but... To me, he's got to earn that. I'm putting Lindor at six to go and earn that spot. That's the way I'm seeing it. Yeah, I have him the same thing. I don't think that you could leave him off the list. I don't think that I could put him higher. I mean, ideally, he should be higher. Uh, I still put him in front of Alonzo just because he's the more proven player. And, you know, I, I just feel like overall, whether you factor in defense and everything else, I feel like Lindor should be and will be the better player this year. He should be the best player on the team. I mean, that's what they're paying him to be. This is a guy who's been a proven player in the postseason before. He could hit with power. He should be able to hit for some average. So I like Lindor as a player. He had an awful year one. I do think that Buck being there will help Lindor out and help the transition from year one in New York to year two in New York. I think that'll help him a little bit better. I think Buck will make everybody play a little bit better, hold guys accountable. I think Lindor probably lacked that last year and was immature at times, him and Baez too immature. He's a great player. He, he says he's got a lot of good baseball left in him. I believe him. I think he'll be fine, but uh, I have him right there with you at number six. I think he should be higher. It shows how awful he was last year, and I'm still a little skeptical of what he could do bouncing back, but I think ultimately Lindor will be fine. I have him at number six. So I'm realizing that J.J. made a little snafu and forgot a particular player, and I jotted these names down, and I'm going through it, and I'm like, hold on a second here. Somebody is missing. Remember Lizaga? Bump him off the list. He's out. Okay. He's out. And I'll tell you why. Because there is a certain someone that I forgot. So everybody is going to get bumped down a list. I, I cannot believe I brain farted on this guy. I think I know who it is because I almost did the same thing. I brain farted on him. So you have Marte, Glaber, Stanton, Pete Lindor. Currently, I have Lasagna, Rizzo, Marte, Donald, Lindor. We're going to have to bump Lasagna down. We're going to have to bump everybody down a couple of spots here, and I'll explain later. So your last one was Lindor. I'm going Alonzo next. And look, Alonzo is an everyday player. He's earned it in New York. Now, that clutch factor, Sal, that's, I think, what you want to see more from Pete. I think there's an issue 
of Pete coming up in a big situation. There have been way too many times you've seen a strikeout, you've seen a bad at bat. If there's something I can tweak in his game, that's what I would want to tweak in his game because the numbers are there. I mean, the power is there. But in those big situations, Piazza always delivered for the Mets. If you're going to be that next face of the franchise, you got to come through in those spots, dude. Yeah, and he's a guy who's had some Piazza-like moments, and I always compare the great players to Piazza, but not enough to be there yet on that level where I look at Pete confidently and say he is the power bat in the middle of that lineup that I have no doubt about. There's still something missing there, so he's got to do it. Now, I like him, don't get me wrong, but he's still got to do it. So we're at number five here, right, JJ? That's correct. That is yeah, correct. So, so this is a guy that when I was first shot down the list, you know, we talked about potentially doing this, I was going through the names. I had Rizzo or Donaldson being in the top 10, and then I forgot about this guy. I was like, well, hold, hold on a second. Get those guys out of here. It's LeMahieu. He's got to be up there at number five for me. I have DJ there at number five, and I could put him higher. Uh, you, I think you could argue that he's a guy that should be higher. I think Isn't he's going to find crazy that yeah. I don't have LeMahieu on this list? considering yeah. that he was the MVP of the Yankees for two years in a row. I know. It's crazy and to think about. Maybe just because you think, you know, you you look at the lineup and maybe he's not technically slated for a starting spot right now with the way that it looks, although I do think he's going to be a regular in the lineup. You, opening day lineup, postseason lineup, lemay has got to be in there. The Yankees aren't that dumb. He's a good ball player, man. He had a down year last year. He was hurt. I mean, come on, talk about clutch. What what doesn't LeMay you do? He can hit with some power. He hits in the clutch. He hits the all fields. He hits with average. He can play multiple positions. DJ LeMayu is a hell of a ball player. Yankees got him at a steal when they first signed him away from the Colorado Rockies. Obviously, they've locked him up longer term since. Off the down year last year, I think it's easy to forget about LeMayu. He's going to be a big-time player for them. And again, has to be. I have him at number five and contemplated having him a little bit higher. Interesting. Okay. So right now, you have Marte, Glaber at nine, Stanton at eight, Pete Alonso at seven, Lindor at six, DJ LeMayu at five. Yes. I, Rizzo at 10, Marte at 9, Donaldson at 8, Lindor at 6, Lindor at 7. Let me make sure. Rizzo, Marte, Donaldson, Lindor, Alonzo at 6. 5, I'm putting Stanton. Stanton I have higher on my list, I think, than you do. And I got to reward what he did last year, Sal. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. He said to the New York Yankees, get on my damn back. I am carrying you to the postseason. How good was that guy in the month of September? That's what I've been clamoring for with John Carlos Stanton, where he was the force, where he was the guy that was the driving factor in them. Get, let's be honest, Sal, they don't get to the playoffs last year without Stanton. I got to reward that. And you think about that wild card game. Dude, he should have had three home runs in that wild card game. But was it for Fenway Park? We're talking about three, three you know, bombs, moonshots at any other stadium. And I think Stanton now has gotten into a comfort zone with the Yankees. I don't know if he was there early in his career. I think he's kind of like, I'm here, I'm playing. I think being in the outfield matters for him. I got Stan a little higher on my list than you do, pal. He's been a good leader, too, as a player. And I, I didn't love the deal when they first got the him. You know yeah. what? He handles the booing well. I like he that. He really handles the booing well, which you got to respect. He takes accountability. So hold on a second here. You wear a number. You just gave number five or number four? Uh, number five. So I bumped I, lasagna. Lasagna's all right, so you, out. All right, so you should go again because I already gave my number five, right? That's right. I'm okay. doubling up now. Now, who now, the hell? So wait a second. So you left. So DJ, I thought you forgot about him. You left him completely off your list? Yeah, well, listen, there are a lot of great names on this list. That's the problem. I could, you could make the argument I could have put DJ over Rizzo. 
You could make the argument I could have put DJ over Marte. I decided not to do it. I, I'm, I'm, I thought for sure he'd be the one. Like I said, he was the one that I forgot for a second before I finalized the list. Who the hell did you forget if it's not DJ? Um, Our next name. <laughs> you're going to find out. All because right, so you're going to go here. You're going to give number four here. Max Scherzer. Wow. Max Scherzer. So I'm going through the list, and I'm like thinking of all the guys, and then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Forgot the biggest move of the offseason, for goodness sakes, you idiot. That's why you're allowed to edit. We are keeping it in. You don't have to worry yeah. about that. You guys you guys got to witness a brain fart at its <laughs> highest order. I mean, and listen, how do you not have Scherzer on the list? He's a beast. He's a future Hall of Famer. And there's a reason why I have him at four and one of the other pitchers at three. I'll explain when I get to three. But how do you have a top 10 list in New York baseball and not have Max Scherzer? You got to have him there. Stop. Oh, he's got to be on there. I, I have him a little bit higher than you do. I'm going to go number four, Aaron Judge. So if you wow, are, judge a little lower on the well, list. Okay. I mean, if you're paying attention, you know, you can narrow down, maybe not in the order, but who the top three are for me, they're all arms. So I think the best players in New York are pitchers. Judge is a great player. The only question is health with him. It's never been about pro uh, production. Anytime he's been in the lineup, he's he's had great productivity. I love Judge. I love his attitude. I'd like to see him be a little bit more of a leader and maybe have a little bit more of a killer instinct at times. I feel like you know the, the these are the Yankees really since 2017 that have been Aaron Judge Yankees, and they have failed in the postseason time and time and time the again. The box at Fenway yeah, Park. He's yeah, he's a big game. He's Which, by the way, Sal, I have no problem with if you win. If Correct. you win, that ends up being iconic. If you lose, you look like an idiot. And he's the reason, JJ, that I kept picking the Yanks to go to the World Series and win one because I didn't think he was going to make them look like an idiot. He could talk it and he could go out there and back it up and the boombox stuff and then they lose. It's an embarrassment. And the year after, they get beat again. The Strohs, all the back and forth with that. So Judge and his Yankees, they've come up lame here in big spots. And that's why maybe it's a little bit lower on the list. That plus the health. But look, the guy could defend. He hits with power. He hits in big spots. I, I, there's no knock on Aaron Judge other than I don't think he's as good as either of the pitchers that I'm going to get to in the top three. All right, top three, I'm putting Garrett Cole at three. And the reason I'm putting Cole ahead of Scherzer is because of where they're at at their particular stages in their career. With Scherzer, as big of an impact as he's going to have on the Mets, and I think he's going to be terrific, and I think he's going to be super clutch, and he's going to be a guy you can count on, you know, the whole Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson blueprint, which I think the Mets are going for, and I think it has a very good chance of being successful. There's a fear factor for me with Scherzer because of his age. Cole, and I know the spider tack comes into play, this should be the prime of Garrett Cole's career. Period, end of discussion. Where he's young, he's taking the ball every fifth day, going seven, eight innings. I think about that start he had in Houston against the Astros. I think we're going to have a lot more of those over the course of this year. He doesn't have to worry about, oh, is Gary Sanchez maybe going to catch me at any point? Now, Cole's got to deliver in the postseason. He did for the Yankees in 2020. I don't want to ignore that because Indian start, he was great. Two games against Tampa, he was great. He stunk against the Red Sox. I was there, Sal. He didn't want to be on the mound. I don't know if he was hurt. I, I don't know if that's an excuse. No excuse. Don't take the ball if that's going to be the case. But I'm going to go with the guy who's in more of the prime for the slight edge. Close. Close. There's no, there, there's no comparison between pitcher one, in my opinion, and the other two guys. I think this is where you're flipping a coin. But I'm going to go Cole over Scherzer. Yeah, I have Cole number three as well. Um, and, and I love Garrett Cole. I love his accountability. Uh, I love his openness, his honesty. 
he's given up too many homers for my liking for an ace. And, you know, that start that you referenced in Houston, that was probably my favorite game of the Wasn't year. Wasn't that such a badass start? Where oh, he's my like, God. He yells at Boone. He's like, get that. Get the uh, fuck out of here, dude. I loved it, man. I'm like, I, let's go. I live for that stuff. I loved watching. It was my favorite. You know, again, as a Met fan, even, that was my favorite moment of the year, watching Garrett Cole go out there and stick it up Houston's ass after all the stuff that happened with the spider tag. So uh, I love Garrett Cole. I just don't think, and I get what you're saying, maybe moving forward, he is number two in this list. I probably you know, I need to see it a little bit more so. I'm basing it more on what I've seen from Scherzer and obviously from DeGrom. We'll get to those guys in a second, but Cole would be my number three. He needs to go out there and dominate, not just the regular season. And look, the Yankees starting rotation is thin, especially when you compare it to the Mets, who have three legitimate they need guys Cole. there. Let's be honest, right. Sal, he's probably, for the Yankees, their most important factor because they need him every fifth day to go and be the man. Right. They need it. And they then in the postseason, it. what I want, though, J.J., in the postseason, I you said he's been good, and, and even against the Rays in the couple of starts, I hate that he puts them in a freaking hole. Stop with the two-run homers in the first inning. I can't stand that stuff. You, Your job as an ace, in the postseason in particular, put up zeros. Until your team scores, you have to put up zeros, match zeros. Cole has not done that, so that's been a little disappointing, but he is an ace. And I do think that we've yet to see the best of Garrett Cole. I hope the spider tech stuff isn't that big of an issue. To me, he just falls a little bit behind, obviously, the top two on, on the list. He's number three. Garrett you know, Cole. when you think about Cole, I can live with Saul Homer's side. I can live with that. I can't live with the two of the three-run homers. Those are the killers. You give up two Saul homers throughout a start. Like, you used to see guys, Kurt Schilling used to do it all the time. Kurt Schilling go give up seven innings, two runs. The two mistakes would end up leaving a yard. I can live with that. They can't be home runs with runners on base. Like the, the Red Sox game, for example. Runners on base. Immediate hole. Killer for the Yankees. All right. Number two. This is where I'm putting Aaron Judge on the list. He is the best position player in town. And he showed you last year, when he's on the field every day, he makes an enormous impact. His defense, uh, the way he gets on base, the way he hits for power. Guy could do it all. He's going to be a Yankee for life. Only question with him is how many games is he going to play? You see Aaron Judge in the lineup every day. You you watch him and you're like, wow, this guy, he's 5-2 every which way. I got to reward that. We don't have enough stud position players here in town. So I'm going to reward a guy who plays 162 games. I'm not putting him at number one, but I'm giving him the edge because he goes out there and plays, at least last year he did, every day. So I'm going Aaron Judge at two. Yeah, at the top four, kind of hard. Like I said, I left the position players behind the top three pitches. I'm going to go Scherzer here, number two. The guy has been as dominant as you could possibly be. One of the rare guys that has lived up to a long-term deal, especially for a pitcher. To be able to be that consistent and that dominant. And even what I've seen now with the Mets in spring training, his attitude, talking about how he loves pitching with the adrenaline, he loves with the crowd. This guy is built for New York. And hopefully there's not any issues with the dead arm or breakdown. And that's what you always worry about, right? The guy who's been so good and so durable for all these years, got a lot of wear and tear on that arm, a lot of innings in there. You hope that the Mets can at least get a year, maybe two out of them. I don't expect all three to be dominant that they signed Scherzer to. But he's got to be number two on my list. And I can't wait to watch him take the mound for real. The guy is an animal. He's a bulldog. Oh, I love it. The two Get, eyes. He's oh, out of his my mind. God. It's phenomenal. He, for, ferocious competitor. Feeds off the crowd. Telling the manager, get the hell out of here. I'm finishing this game. All those things. I think he's going to be a great influence on the rest of that staff. In particular, Jacob DeGrom. I can't wait to watch Scherzer. He's my number two. And I'm not surprised here in the least. On number one, and I think it's unanimous. And I think it goes without saying. 
it's Jake. And I know Jake is coming off a year where he got hurt and it torpedoed the Mets' chances of making the postseason. But when he's out there, I mean, this is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Last year, Sal, he was at his very best. I guess the only fear with DeGrom is the arm and the idea of, well, is he going to be able to get through the regular season and the postseason being at his very best? I, that's why I don't need DeGrom at like 101, 102. Right. You want to break that out in October? Just let it all hang out? Awesome. Great. I don't need an in April start against the Nationals or the Marlins. Like, Jake, you could go and pitch seven innings of one-run baseball throwing 97 miles an hour, but he's the best baseball player in town. I don't care if he's a pitcher. He's the best baseball player in town. Yeah, and this was one that even though I was thinking, okay, well, how are we going to be different on the list or wh- who's going to come up with what? There was no way I thought that anybody would pick other than DeGrom, number one. You can't. And even if you watch him in his first outing in the Grapefruit League the other day, the two innings, I mean, the guy is just, he's a beast. He throws peas up there. Uh, he's got pinpoint accuracy. You're right. And I can't worry about the health because if he's not healthy, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I can't I can't anticipate somebody getting hurt. It's not like he's been hurt throughout the course of his entire career. Unfortunately, he missed, you know, the half of last year. They shut him down at the All-Star break. We never saw him again. And that was extremely disappointing. But the guy has been Hall of Fame caliber for what, three years in a row before that. He is as good a pitcher as I have ever witnessed. You know, I didn't get a chance to really appreciate Dwight Gooden in his prime. With the Mets, I, it just, you know, Pedro, when he gets to the Mets, was shot. I've seen other pitchers, you know, out, out of town, like you mentioned, Schilling or Clemens or Pedro or Maddox, whatever, all those guys. But to watch DeGrom every fifth day, toe the rubber for the Mets, I, I've never seen a pitcher as dominant in my life. He is as good as you can possibly be. He's a great competitor, and he wants more. It will be, it has been a crime for this team. And to me, that's how I judge their seasons. The Mets season will be a failure if Jacob DeGrom does not pitch game one of whatever postseason series that they're in. That's how I felt the last several years. That's how I feel again this year. He's got to get on the mound in the playoffs. Otherwise, they're wasting greatness with DeGrom. He's got to be the clear number one. Isn't it crazy? They had all these pitchers come up. Harvey got all the hype. Yeah. Syndergaard, you know, Thor. He's got the superhero nickname. Wheeler in the Beltran trade. Even Matt's because he was a local kid. DeGrom, not only the last man standing, by far and away the best. And Sal, I'll proclaim this. If his career ended today, I'd still vote for him for the Hall of Fame. That's how good he's been. Yeah, I mean, he has that. that. He's had that dominance. I don't know if it's long enough yet. And I was looking at this maybe last year, looking at the numbers. I think if he's got one more, two more close to what he did, I think he's going to be a surefire Hall of Fame. But you're right. That's how dominant he's been. You can make that argument even if he ended today, which is crazy to think about. Sal, this is fun, buddy. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. I guess the, I, I apologize to Johnny Loisaga because, you know, I, <laughs> I forgot about, you know, a future Hall of Famer. So sorry, bud. You didn't make the cut. Maybe next year you'll have better luck. I would say for you, probably your biggest surprise on my list was DJ not being there or Glaber. Yes, I was, surpri- I was surprised that DJ's off the list for you. And I, I would say, say I could see Glaber. my biggest surprise with your list Stand is at probably Stan at eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Probably I mean, because I had Donaldson. We both had Morte on. You know what? I also think came into play here too, Sal. I didn't want to be too Yankee centric with this list. You well, know, similar I was, to me, I, I didn't want to be... be. Now the Mets. It's funny because they're such a top heavy team. Like the, you knew you were putting like Degrom, Scherzer. Well, I didn't at the time, but Pete Lindor. Like those are obvious choices. I felt like at the bottom there, I wanted to give you somebody, and I wasn't giving you McNeil off the year he had to help right. with that. And I was like, well, who could it be? It's got to be Sterling Marte. 
and it wasn't going to be Diaz. Which is why Marte barely made my list at number 10. He's got, you know, he gave the Mets an extra player there. And Stan, the only people I could put Stan over, he would have been maybe six, but then I have to bump Alonzo and Lindor. And I don't, eh, I don't like Stan enough you know, to do that. You know, six dig the long ball? Salicata yeah. does not dig the long ball. Salicata <laughs> no. likes strikeouts. Likes yeah, I, I admit Stan has, has been better. But yeah, I got to value the pitchers, dude. Those three pitches are, come on. Those guys are as, as tops in the game. Forget about New York. They're the three best pitchers in the game, let alone New York. So the Lakata list, Marte, Glaber, Stanton, Alonzo, Lindor, LeMayu, Judge, Cole, Scherzer, Grom, the Jastrzemski list, Rizzo. Sorry, Johnny Lelazaga. Marte at nine, Donaldson at eight, Lindor at seven, Pete at six, Stanton at five, Scherzer at four, Cole, Judge DeGrom. Bro, I will see you in about mm, 10 hours. Uh, I'm off tonight. I don't know what you're oh, doing. So I won't me. see you. <laughs> no, wow. No. Enjoy your weekend. I took <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> uh, I'll see you Sally, next week. Good stuff, bud. Appreciate you. Later, JJ. Thanks, dude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, that was a ton of fun. Sal and I are going to be spending way too much time together over the course of the spring, the summer, the fall. So, uh, listen, in addition to what I do here over at The Ringer, for those of you who are not in the New York area, we're on SNY all the time, which is the regional sports network in town. And you like this podcast, you're probably going to like our content on SNY. It's what you call good synergy, if you will. It's great. Spotify's in that building. The only thing that sucks is now I, I, I went from doing everything in my home studio now I'm, I'm back to being a working man commuting, going in, which has its pluses and minuses, might I add, because I love my people at SNY. It's great seeing them, like the camaraderie. And listen, when you're interacting with people, it's better when it's in studio. So I totally understand that. I totally get it. But, you know, the comfort level of going from my couch to my office setup and, you know, rocking basketball shorts as I do like three minutes of television, that's tough to match. Very, very tough to match. All right. Voicemail time. How do you get in touch with New York, New York? Thoughts on our top 10 list for New York baseball players. There's some clear differences with Ricotta and myself. 917-382-1151. That's where we make magic. All right. Let's hear him, Stefan. Hey, JJ. This is Jay from the Bronx. Um, I just read that uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be coming to uh, the ASC. As a Jets fan, I'm not very happy about this because we will be spending a lot of time chasing around Tyreek Hill. Uh, so I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you're pretty happy about it. You guys have now really good uh, wide receiver core there. Um, yeah, just wanted to just wanted to uh, give you a, a congratulations because my team was a finalist with you guys. But you guys uh, had the higher um, had the higher offer, and also you guys are closer to contention than the uh, than the Jets. Are. So anyway. Congratulations on that. Hope all is well. Uh, love podcast. Thank you. Listen, I appreciate the well wishes, and I am stoked that I'm kind of stunned that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will be playing together. But this has nothing to do with the offer that Miami presented. 
everything that's been reported, both offers were good enough for the Kansas City Chiefs. This was about player preference. It's as simple as that. Tyree Kill was a great Kansas City Chief wide receiver. Sometimes there's bad blood when a relationship comes to an end. I don't get the sense that was the case with this relationship. It's business. The NFL is a tough, tough business. Not for long. Nothing lasts forever. They wanted to do right by their player. They honored where their player wanted to go. He trains in Miami. He lives in Miami. No state tax. Better team. There were just way too many factors working against the Jets. And if the Dolphins were not in, then probably Jets end up landing Tyreek Hill. Well, they don't. Don't make this about the front office, though. This has nothing to do with what the front office did. This is all about player preference. Sometimes, sometimes you're put in an impossible situation where you can't win. This was the case for the Jets. You just would probably rather not know that you're a finalist. I mean, that's kind of the way I'd look at it. I'd rather not know. Be better off that way. Tyreek Hill won in Miami. Simple as that. Good for me, bad for you. Oh, well. Who's next? Hey, JJ. Uh, this is Dan from Richfield. Uh, I just want to talk quick about the Yankees and their payroll. Like, I know, obviously, they raised their payroll, uh, you know, finally, really, <laughs> where it was from 2005 through last year to where it is now. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's fair to put the Yankees and compare them to what Steve Cohen is spending on the Mets. Like, I'm a Yankee fan. I have a lot of respect for Steve Cohen, you know, being a billionaire Mets fan whose attitude is, you know, I'm going to spend what it takes to win the Mets World Series. We haven't won since 1986. Like, I respect that. I'm not asking Hal Steinbrenner to do that. He's not going to do that. You know, if I was worth $10 billion and I owned the Yankees, I'd probably do that. But whatever. Um, you know, how come the Yankees aren't spending at the exact same level the Dodgers are spending? The Dodgers, they're, you know, their owners, this isn't like a $10 billion, uh, you know, $10 billion man's uh, fantasy, basically owning the Dodgers. They're running it like a business. They have, I would say, disadvantages compared to the Yankees, where the Yankees have a new ballpark, and the Yankees have their own TV station. I believe the Dodgers don't have their own TV station. You know, why should the Dodgers' payroll be higher than the Yankees? I, I can't see any possible reason for it. Um, so that's it. Thanks a lot, JJ. I understand that complaint regarding Yankee payroll. Look, let's make something clear about the Yankees. They are not operating like a mid-market type team. Their payroll is still amongst the top in all Major League Baseball. It just has not matched their revenues. Could they spend more? Absolutely. This offseason specifically, what is if there's one guy that they weren't in on that bothers me, it's Siegel. I would have been in on Correa. I understand why they weren't in on Correa. The Astros sign-stealing stuff, the knock on Jeter, like, that would have been awkward. I, I I understand that. You know what? Sometimes you see a player and you say, not a fit. Okay. Cray wasn't a fit. Short-term deal, he would have been a fit for me. But okay. I You could sell me on that. A guy like Seager or Simeon, it's not crazy money. The Yankees know they're going to pay Aaron Judge a boatload of cash over the next seven, eight years. That is absolutely happening. I don't know if it's before the start of the year, if it's mid-year, if it's the end of the year. Aaron Judge is going to be a Yankee. And I think they're aware of that. That's where, you know, the payroll stuff drives you crazy. 
Freeman, I think it was the same sort of deal. I think he wanted the Dodgers. I think the Yankees inquired. I think the Yankees were interested. I think the Yankees maybe would have offered more than what Los Angeles offered. I do believe that. Because there are people around baseball that suggest as such. Freddie Freeman did not want to be He wanted to be in Los Angeles. Okay. Seager, I think, was going to the highest bidder. And the Yankees, a significantly better team. Of course, Seager is on it. I do. Listen, this still could end up being a good offseason for the Yankees if a full year Rizzo, Donaldson, and the edge, and the X factor that he provides changes the clubhouse, which I think is important. It also is requiring bounce backs. Gleyber Torres, who I did not have on my top 10 list, he better be on it next year. It's too good a player not to be on that list. Lemayu, who was not on my list, who was not good last year, needs to be better. How about Aaron Hicks playing? Like, if two of those three things go right for the Yankees, their offense is going to be a lot better. Even with having no offense out of the catcher spot. And Connor Falefa hopefully gives them a different look at shortstop. Good glove, puts bat on the ball, runs, make, make some things happen. Yankees should be a playoff team. The question is, have the Yankees done enough to be a championship caliber team? And right now, my, my response would be no. Because the Hale is really, really good. And this division is really, really good. All right, last but not least, who is it? Hey, JJ, it's Johnson Fort Worth. I haven't called in a while, but I wanted to uh, be a little devil's advocate to everyone saying the Yankees have a cool lately. Here's my take. Josh Donaldson, everyone thinks is old and washed. His OPS last year was 100 points than the fan favorite Gio Urshela, all right? That's number one. Number two, Kyle Higashioka and Ben Wargvet are way better defensively than Gary Sanchez was, who caught the majority of the games last year. That's point number two. And point number three, we got a year further away from Tommy John with Jameson Tyone. Luis Severino appears to be healthy. And the pitching is mostly intact from last year. Now, I know Yankees fans are irritated at the payroll allocation. That's reasonable. I am too. But to say the team is not good or improved, I think it's foolish. I don't know, JJ. Love the show, man. Keep it up. I think the Yankees are marginally better. I do. For the points you detailed. Don't forget about a full year Anthony Rizzo, who they brought in at the end of July, and they looked like a different team when he played. So you have to take that into account. I do think Glaber Torres and DJ LeMayu are going to be better. Maybe that's foolish on my part. I, I think Glaber moving back to second base is going to be a much better hitter. The question I have with Glaber Torres is, what kind of home run hitter are we talking about? I don't need Glaber Torres to hit 40 home runs. Is Glaber going to hit 25 to 30? He's more than capable of that. And I don't know if LeMayu is going to hit 340. I think LeMayu is going to be way closer to 290, 300, where, which is where he should be. Yankee offense will be better, but... I don't love where they're at a catcher. I don't know what you're getting out of Connor Falefa. Um, the pitching, I think a lot of it, folks, hinges on Luis Severino. I think Monty's a fine three. I think the mix of Tyon and Nestor and Luis Heal like this, th there's enough to work with in the back half of the rotation. But you need a legit two. Sevy's got to be legit, too. And it's a great question. I love Sevy. I love his stuff. I love he's homegrown. I love the start to his career. I, it was so cool seeing him last year at Fenway Park. If they're not pitching, basically, for two years, come out of the bullpen and shove 
in big spots. But he hasn't started a, a game basically in a full season since 2018 because he made like one start in 19, came back for the playoffs, then boom, had Tommy John a following year. So I, if Seve could be a two for the Yankees, they're, they're immediately going to be a much better team. Immediately. And they need length out of those starters. You can't expect your bullpen to be getting four to five innings a game. That It's just not sustainable. So bounce back from Glaber and DJ and Seve. Two on offense, one on the mound. That just They have to be answered from the Yankee perspective in a positive way. That's going to be the key. All right. Trivia time. We'll come back. It was a step in the right direction, I guess, last week. We'll see if we can build on that. Next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, trivia time. We were a little better last week. Now it's go time. Let's really get it going. Let's hear it. JJ, Larry in Florida. Here we go. Name the AL and NL RBI leaders from last year. Second question is, in the past 20 years, four NBA rookies have had a 25-15-5 game. I'm out. All right. AL, NL, RBI leaders. Let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start there. I'm going to say in the American League, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mm. Wow. And I was very, very confident in that answer. Very, very, very confident in that answer. Okay, then. Not Vlad Guerrero Jr. Rafael Devers. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Felt so good about this. American League RBI leader from last year. Gave you two of the best guys in the American League. I gave you Devers, wrong. I gave you Guerrero, wrong. It's not anybody on the Yankees. You think of the teams that had good lineups. All right, I'm going to throw two names out there, and I'm waving the white flag in the American League. Jose Ramirez. Jeez, this is sad. Felt good about this, too. I really felt good about this. Stefan, I'm taking one more guess, then you give me the American League answer. Um, I'm going to go with somebody on the White Sox. Is it Jose Abreu? Who the hell was it? Salvador Perez. Oh, I never in a million years. And I know he had a really good year for Kansas City last season. I never in a million years would have got that. That's that's good job, Larry. All right, National League. RBI leader in the National League. This should be easier, I think. Steph, is it Bryce Harper? 
No, it's not Harper. Okay. Brand name player in the National League, Steph. Uh, not really. Not really. Um, I would say this guy is, he's been an all-star before. Let me just double check that. I, I believe he was an all-star before. Yes, he's an, he's a, he's an all-star. Um, kind of the middle of a pack guy uh, and spent his entire career in the Edo. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. So he's an NL only player. He's an NL only player, all star, but not a household name. Hmm. Interesting. I'm like thinking of teams that had good offenses. Middle of the pack, all star in the National League. All right. I, I, I really have no idea where I'm going with this. I have absolutely no idea where I'm going with this. All right. I'll, go, give me I'll, a hint here. Give I'll hint. give NL East. That helps. NL East. It's definitely not Juan Soto. He ain't in the middle of the back. No shot. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, God. This is killing me. Let me guess. Philadelphia Philly. Not a Philly. Not a Philly. A member of the Atlanta Braves? Yes, I'll give you that. Okay, All right, that helps. Atlanta Brave led the league in RBI. Austin Riley? <laughs> oh, man. Ozzy Albies. I give up. Who the hell is it? Adam Duvall. Really? I would have never. Larry, come on. I mean, I know it's just going on last year. That It just goes to show you. RBI leader Adam Duvall and Sal Perez. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Let's do a little better on the NBA question. Last 20 years, four rookies to give you a 25-15 and five stat line. Okay. My first guess, because Larry roots for the Cavaliers, Evan Mobley. <laughs> Not Mobley. Okay, then. Okay. Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> wow. This is, this is sad. 20 years. So, we're in the year 2022. So that's from 2002 on. All right. Now, got to be LeBron James. That's one. Okay. Two. Hmm. So I was thinking of bigs. Then I, uh, 25, 15, and five. You got to think of guys who get points. Dwight Howard. All right, we got to get three more. Carmelo Anthony. Mm. Mm. 25, 15, and 5. 
Nikola Jokic. It's a sad performance here, Stefan. At least I got the king. At least I gave you one. Holy moly. Would you like to chime in for a hint? Yeah, why not? With the way today's going, absolutely. Two of these guys are teammates currently. Ooh. Kevin Durant? <laughs> I was thinking the Kevin Kyrie angle. No. Not to be. Oh, I think I know. Giannis. No. Jesus. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I can't. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I think I'm missing one. Now, I Russell Westbrook. Oh, this is just... I'm at a loss, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I don't think I've given out as many wrong answers as I have in any podcast until tonight. I'm taking I'm taking like one more guess at this and I am just like running for the hills, hiding in shame. Teammates. Rookies. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> what what team is it, Stefan, to put me out of my misery? The Nets. The Nets. Oh, Ben Simmons. Okay. Well, who the hell is the other guy? Oh, I, I think I know, actually. Is it Andre Drummond? No. Ky did Kyrie do it? So who, who's the other net then? Blake Griffin. Wow. It's a great call. That's a great, great call. You know, I'm thinking Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, of course, who had a terrific start to his NBA career. All right, so we got LeBron, we got Griffin, we have uh, Simmons, and I'm missing one more. Eastern or Western Conference player? Eastern Conference player. Still in the league? Rookie. Current Still rookie. in the league. Current rookie. Cade Cunningham. It's not Cade. It's not Mobley. Scotty Barnes? Wow. Larry, that was that was a hell of a job. You made me look really bad, but we own it. And we'll get back to work. Hopefully it'll be a heck of a lot better next week. Holy moly, what a disaster that was. Jeff Money will join us. And remember... We'll have a couple of pods over the weekend on Ring of Gambling regarding the tournament. If you want our Sweet 16 picks ATS, they're up. Mike Carver, Arthur Caesar, Ring of Gambling show. You want to check that out. But for Friday, Jeff Money, the floor is yours. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicap of picks. It's be for Friday the 25th. We got our two college basketball games I'm going with. I'm going to go with my money play with St. Peter's plus the 12 and a half over Purdue. And I'm going to take Providence plus the seven and a half over Kansas. Again, two plays, money plays, St. Peter's plus the 12 and a half, and Providence plus the seven and a half. Keep my, hopefully my winning ways going in college basketball. Okay, JJ, everyone can always follow my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go.
Let's go, Jeff Money. I can tell you I will be riding with the Peacocks, siding with the boys from Jersey City, getting all those points. I mean, I don't want to root for Purdue. I want, I want to take the points and root for the 15th seed. Maybe not the wisest decision in the world, but I can't back you on Providence. Listen, to hell with Providence. Get them out of the NCAA tournament. They've made me sick. They've been a bane of my existence. So a heads up there. I'm Rock Chalk Jayhawk. And remember, that is my pick to win the title. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. That's right. Good work, Stefan. We are back on Sunday night. We will have a Final Four. We'll be that much closer to the baseball season. Kyrie Irving will actually be playing a game here in the Tri-State area. What a concept. Good stuff all around. JJ out. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Be good.